Sports Saturday. It's complete. Another touchdown. Cougar Sports Saturday. Saturday. A presentation of KSL Sports. KSL Sports. Left wing for three. He got it again. BYU Sports Talk by Cougar fans for Cougar fans. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Biamonte. On Utah's legacy home of the Cougars. KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Good afternoon, Cougar Nation. Welcome on in to Cougar Sports Saturday, your weekly look at BYU Sports. Mitch Harper, Matt Biamonte. Coming to you from Orlando, Florida, the site of today's game, BYU and UCF. Big 12 action. Who would have thought that BYU would have conference games in the Sunshine State? But that's the new world that we're in here in the Big 12 Conference. We're going to be breaking down this BYU-UCF game over the next hour, and then we'll toss it over to Greg Rubel and Mark Durant to take over the coverage today. We'll also have an interview with BYU basketball assistant coach Nick Robinson as Matt caught up with Coach Robinson earlier in the week. But, Matt, uh, big game for BYU today, taking on a UCF team that is got more momentum than I think any of us would have thought. No kidding, Mitch. Who would have thought this team would have upset Kansas earlier in the week, making this game a whole lot more interesting than it was? Because I think when this schedule first came out, Mitch, we all looked at this game and said, that's a winnable game. That's a game you got to win. And it still feels that way after starting 0-2 with losses to Cincinnati and Baylor. But I never would have imagined this UCF team, which has a lot of length, they have a lot of athleticism, but I never would have thought this game would have been a lot more difficult than it appeared. I think, myself included, UCF seemed like a team that could finish last in the conference. And now you're looking at a UCF team that... Uh, look, they just beat Kansas, so they can beat anyone in this league, Mitch. Let's dive into this game in more d- detail right now in the leadoff. The leadoff. The leadoff. A look at the stories making headlines right now. It's time for the leadoff on Cougar Sports Saturday. Tip-off today is at 2 p.m. BYU and UCF edition Financial Arena. Last Wednesday, UCF defeated Kansas for only the second sellout in the history of UCF's arena it's been open since 2007. I'm very curious to see what the crowd looks like today. Hopefully, Cougar Nation rolls into Addition Financial Arena to support BYU because, as you noted, Matt, this UCF team, they took down the mighty Kansas Jayhawks 65-60 to on Wednesday. BYU, they had a close call against Baylor. They fell in Waco earlier this week in Foster Pavilion, 81-72, to so... UCF, they've already got their first Big 12 win, and it was against a blue blood in the league. BYU still looking for that first victory in league play today. And they forced 18 turnovers against Kansas. They're really good at forcing turnovers, Mitch. And for BYU, turnovers have been an issue to start Big 12 conference play. It feels a little bit like that bug that existed last year in WCC play has resurfaced in Big 12 play. Is that BYU? Is that the increased talent level in the Big 12? I think we'll find that out as conference play continues to move along. But this team has got to find a way to take care of the ball because UCF, they'll force turnovers. And if you force 18 turnovers like Kansas did, you're not going to beat a UCF team that not only are they good at forcing turnovers, Mitch, they're good at protecting the rim as well. Diallo, a huge player for UCF, first in the Big 12 in blocks per game. So... Points in the paint are going to be difficult. 
taking care of the ball is going to be difficult, but those are things you have to do if you want to win on the road. I do want to revisit that loss at Baylor Tuesday night. It was a pretty fun atmosphere. I got to say, Foster Pavilion was a very cool arena. Now, I must note, there there were some things where you still wondered, is this place open? Is it still under construction? Like, the whole street leading up to Foster Pavilion is torn up under construction. The parking situation is brutal. I went back to look at the old Farrell Center on Baylor's campus, and there's all this open, spacious parking. I'm like, ah, that would have been pretty nice. Whereas the Foster Pavilion, you got to get shuttled in, and the north end of the arena is still under construction. But inside that building, it's kind of high tech. It's got the the seating is incredibly steep. But it was loud, and the atmosphere was was a lot of fun. And it sounds like Baylor's fan base, 7,500 is perfect for them because they could barely get anywhere close to 10 in the Farrell Center. It's it's almost kind of just surreal to think 7,500 is, is the max Baylor, a national championship program, can reach. And then a couple weeks prior, we're watching BYU rolling 18,000 fans on a you know, New Year's Eve Eve against Wyoming. I'm thinking, geez, this 7,000 at BYU, that, that's just like a, people would be panicking in the streets wondering what happened to the basketball program with that <laughs> low of a turnout. But it was a cooler. It was small, Mitch. It, it, it was small. It, it was. And you almost felt like, it felt like lower than 7,500, like getting in there and, and seeing it all empty. But very cool setting, though. And, and like the tech features in the concourse, there's all these different uh, pay stations. There's really never a line around the concourse. It was it was amazing, like self-serve food options. I'm thinking like BYU needs to pick some ideas from this because the concourse at the Marriott Center can get a lot. It can get really congested at, at basketball games. But the game itself, though, I, I thought BYU, I came away from that game, Matt, feeling like there was progress made because I'll, I'll admit after the Cincinnati game, we talked about it on Monday on Cougar Nation. Was it time to panic? On the season, I felt in that Cincinnati game like, wow, this BYU team is suddenly a mess. But after Baylor, I, I come away feeling pretty good because I, I thought they played you know, pretty competitive. It was just Baylor hit more shots. They, they committed fewer turnovers, only had five in the game, whereas BYU, they got to clean up some of those little mistakes. Well said. The Cincinnati loss, Mitch, was a discouraging loss. If there's such a thing, this, this loss against Baylor was an encouraging loss, yeah. meaning – Hey, you played much more your brand of basketball, even though there weren't as many threes. I was okay with it. And it just came down to too many turnovers and not enough shots in the clutch. They just, for two games in a row, for whatever reason, they're just not shooting the ball well at the end of games. And I think that's, those are two things that you can correct. You can make more shots by playing better offense. Coach Pope earlier in the week, Mitch, talked about how at the end of these games, they're just... They're, they're half themselves. At the other half of the time, they're revolting the isolation ball. You think back to that possession late in the game where Dallin Hall goes to the basket and throws up a wild layup that might as well have been a turnover, and it goes the other way and turns into a three-pointer. That kind of felt like the game. Like You can control those situations. You don't have to play out of the system, which they have done too many times late in games. If they can just tweak that a little bit, stay within system, because all three of their losses have a similar feel, Mitch. At the end of these games, they're not playing BYU ball. They're not, and, and 
And maybe that's a byproduct of the game being close and it slows down a little bit, but they got to find a way to stay within their offense, move the basketball, stay away from isolation play, and then take care of the basketball. Like some some of those turnovers in the Baylor game, they, they weren't forced turnovers. I didn't feel like, oh, BYU, this Baylor defense is suffocating. I felt like BYU was playing uncharacteristically loose and Baylor took advantage because teams in this league, they're so athletic. They're so tall. They're going to take advantage if you play loose. You got to play tight. You got to execute. If BYU can find a way to do that later today against UCF, I think they'll get a win. The question is, can they do that for 40 minutes? They've shown that they can do it in Big 12 play in the first half. They've had a lead at the, at the, at the first half point in both of those losses. They've got to find a way to continue that late into the game. I have to give you props. You know, going into the Big 12 play, I thought Baylor was the type of team that could just outclass BYU, and maybe that's a little bit of a moral victory. I came away from that game in Waco. It felt like BYU absolutely belonged, and and many stretches should have won that game, and no one can ignore the uh, officiating. We can get to that in a sec here. But you said coming into Big 12 play, that no one in this league is untouchable, maybe you know, not maybe national championship worthy. And I, I think you're right, Matt. So far, Kansas goes down to UCF, Baylor. I mean, BYU should have taken down Baylor. I, I, I believe that. And this league just seems one to maybe thirteen. West Virginia being the exception, anyone can be had. It certainly feels that way, especially after UCF taking down Kansas, but. I do think that there's a team in the league, it could be Houston, still could be Kansas, that could win it all. I just feel like night in and night out, there's not that team where you look back and say, geez, that was an all-time great yeah. college basketball team. And honestly, that's that's what makes the league so much fun right now is that there is not a, a Duke-caliber team back when they had, you know, Shane Battier and a <laughs> bunch of NBA Chris players. I just think this league is so dang deep. It's so talented. You know, earlier in the week, Bracketology, Joe Lenardi, he had eight teams in the Big 12. I'm like, that seems a little low. Like, maybe there's nine or ten that get in. But, look, BYU's got to find a way to win some of these games. Like, we can talk about how BYU's competing and they belong in the floor. But if they don't win enough Big 12 games, they're not going. So this game later today, Mitch, it's huge. BYU-UCF 2 p.m. tip. Let's take our first time out here in Orlando. On the other side, BYU basketball assistant coach Nick Robinson on the show. And then we'll also get to our key stats, players to watch, bold predictions in the three-pointer here on Cougar Sports Saturday from Orlando, getting you ready for BYU and UCF. Cougar Sports Saturday, welcome back in. Pre-game coverage, getting you ready for UCF and BYU. It's a big game for the Cougars, and to preview the matchup and talk about this Cougar basketball team, we're joined now by assistant coach Robinson. Coach, let's start things off with, what have you learned about this team and so far its time in the Big 12? Compete on our home court in front of an amazing crowd and then go to uh, Baylor and, and compete in their new arena in front of an incredible crowd. Uh, we've learned that you know each game uh, is a new uh, opportunity uh, to be able to compete. Uh, but we've also learned that uh, each game requires uh, 40 minutes of our uh, maximum uh, intentionality, our maximum focus, and our maximum effort uh, for us to be able to have an opportunity to be able to uh, compete to win. Your team 
this team has been so good at taking care of the basketball this season. In, in the two games of conference play, it's been a tick above the average. Why do you think this team has turned the ball over a little bit more in conference play? Yeah, I think that the uh, uh, the defensive capabilities of the two teams that we played in Cincinnati and Baylor um, uh, are a little bit higher uh, than maybe some of the non-conference opponents that we had. Uh, I feel like you know our guys uh, are doing a great job of being uh, aggressive and assertive uh, in uh, our offense. Uh, but there's times where uh, we get a little distracted or lack a little focus and. Uh, you know, Cincinnati and Baylor were able to take advantage of uh, us in those uh, uh, positions. So, uh, you know, we've got to continue to adjust to uh, the physicality, the speed of the game, um, and continue to stay focused uh, in protecting this basketball. What have you and the other coaches learned about this team through the, through the first two games of Big 12 play? You know, we love our resilience. Uh, we've got an incredible uh, group of guys that are playing for each other that are working really, really hard. Um, you know, focusing uh, on their preparation, uh, you know, their effort in games. They want to play for each other. They want to uh, compete at a high level. Uh, they want to, uh, you know, uh, be great defensively. They want to be great offensively. And so we've learned that we've got a great group of guys. We've got a great group um, that wants to continue to compete at a very high level. And, uh, you know, we'll come to the Central Florida game and give maximum effort like we have uh, each of these first two games. There's a lot of guys on this team right now that are playing at a high level. I think Trevin Nell last night, several more threes. I think he's had at least three threes in five straight games. He's shooting it incredibly well. How big of a difference has Trevin Nell made to this team? Yeah, I mean, Trevin's uh, been able to shoot the ball well, and, you know, a lot of that uh, success has come, uh, you know, with his individual effort to be able to use screens, uh, to uh, sprint, you know, the floor, to have great pace, uh, which was really a mantra of our entire offense, right? And so, uh, you know, for teammates to set great screens for him and get him the ball uh, on time on target um, has really contributed to his uh, ability to be able to uh, jump up and, uh, you know, knock down uh, the shots that he's been provided. And so, um, you know, Trevin's contribution is not just in shooting, right? We really feel like, you know, defensively he's made uh, great strides during his tenure here at BYU, um, but also his leadership uh, both on and off the court has really contributed to the uh, camaraderie and the togetherness uh, and the real team uh, feel that we have uh, as we continue to move forward. How important is that? leadership whether it be from Trevinell or others on the team during during a stretch like this where you're playing good basketball you're you're in these games against Cincinnati and Baylor they don't go your way does that test the leadership a little bit you know it's been a, a real focus from coach Pope to have you know a player led team and uh, you know Trevin Spencer Jackson Dallin Ali um, you know, Noah, Foose, everybody kind of, you know, leads in their own way, right? And so, uh, you know, to have guys like, you know, Trey Stewart and uh, Richie Saunders, you know, leading in their own way, uh, you know, we found that in the last two games, uh, we've got to increase our uh, player-led leadership. You know, we've got to continue to have guys that, uh, you know, speak to one another both live, pre-game, in-game, at halftime, uh, during timeouts, uh, you know, during huddles, uh, so that, you know, they and we can continue to figure out what's best for the team in that particular moment. So, um, you know, we've been really impressed with the growth that we've had over the first couple months of this season, and we're excited for the growth um, of the leadership, um, you know, that, uh, you know, will come as we continue to move forward in this league. Speaking of growth, Coach, 
where do you think this team can grow uh, as you get further into Big 12 play? Like, wh what are a couple areas that this team can improve upon that'll maybe turn the tide on some of these close games? Yeah, you've mentioned a couple of them, right? We want to continue to grow in our ability to protect this basketball and make plays for our team at the offensive end. Uh, we want to continue to grow in our opportunity to get transition um, baskets, whether that be from three. Um, you know, or, uh, you know, attacking to drive and kick. Uh, defensively, we want to continue to improve uh, in, you know, the areas of uh, preparation, continue to improve in the areas uh, that we're focused on based on our opponents. And, uh, uh, you know, and then ultimately, like we just talked about, we want to continue to improve in our guys taking ownership for this team, that they continue to lean on one another, continue to trust in one another. And uh, we're excited for that growth. One guy that's been playing really well against Baylor. He was at attacking the rim, finishing at the rim. Richie Saunders, he's impressed me this year, his ability to just get to the rim and, and finish at the rim. What's impressed the coaching staff about Richie's play this year? Yeah, I mean, Richie, again, you know, he's a year into the system or a year and a half now right into Coach Pope's system. And, um, you know, he's continued to, uh, you know, grow day in and day out. You know, Richie's uh, work ethic, his attention to detail, um, you know, and then, you know, his ability to be able to cut really hard sprint and transition and then be able to elevate and finish with great you know eye focus has been really really good so uh, you know we want him to continue to improve uh, you know in his uh, you know rebounding in his defense and you know a couple other areas of the game but so far uh, you know uh, Richie as long along with uh, you know many of our guys continue to improve as we progress through this this season a few more moments here with coach Robinson BYU and UCF coming your way here shortly what's a few things that that's maybe encouraged or impressed the coaching staff during this little two game uh two losses to start big 12 play you know we're in the big 12 now and, and each of the first half of basketball uh, have been really really uh, well played by our team and so you know at this point uh you know we want to be able to uh finish right our games and so you know that will be a continual focus right from the staff uh, as well as from the players uh to be able to you know understand how best uh, we can, uh, you know, finish, uh, you know, games at this stage. So, uh, but no, we're, we're extremely pleased with uh, the energy, the effort that the guys continue to put into their preparation, um, to their focus when we're on the court at both ends of the floor and feel like, uh, you know, we've done a great job, you know, competing at a high level um, for a majority of the game, uh, but we need to be able to do it and execute uh, for all 40 minutes. Last thing, as we look forward to UCF, what do you know about this team? What kind of challenge will UCF be for you guys? Yeah, Central Florida, they're very good defensive team. Uh, they've had a nice non-conference. Um, you know, they've, uh, they've gone on the, the Kansas uh, swing, uh, you know, to start league play. Uh, you know, so for us, we want to do a great job of being able to protect this basketball versus their pressure, both full court as well as in the half court. Uh, we want to be able to create opportunities for us to get great um, shots, uh, you know, from the three-point line uh, as well as at the rim. Um, you know, but for us right now, uh, you know, as we look at their team and, and um, you know, as we prepared uh, for them, uh, you know, throughout this week, we want to do a great job of limiting their opportunities uh, to have their defense turn into offense, uh, you know, by being strong with its basketball, by making great plays for our teammate. And so, uh, you know, that's, that's the plan as we head into this game. Coach, thank you for the time. Thank you. It's Cougar Sports Saturday. It's complete. Another touchdown! Cougar 
Sports Saturday. Saturday. A presentation of KSL Sports. KSL Sports. Left wing for three. He got it again! BYU Sports Talk by Cougar fans for Cougar fans. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Biamonte. On Utah's legacy home of the Cougars. KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back in. It's BYU and UCF coming your way in a little less than two hours, a big conference game for BYU. And we're going to continue to break this one down to get you ready. But before we get into the three pointer, Mitch, where we do a deep dive into this matchup, we got to talk about something from the Baylor game. You were there. What do you think of the officiating late in that game? And in particular, what was your vantage point when Pope smashed the water <laughs> bottle right in front of Greg Rupel and Mark Durant? Well, I got to admit, when Baylor got down nine and then the wave of officiating that whistles that took place, it felt like a blatant case of home cooking. It, it just did. It, it screamed out loud like, hey, we can't let BYU come into Baylor. Now, I know that might sound conspiracy theory mode, but it sure felt that way because when BYU got up nine points, the tide was turning and that crowd was on edge. There were some Baylor fans right in front of the media row and they were (laughs) visibly nervous. Got to say too, Baylor is one of the most unique experiences. It's almost, it's the only thing that I've ever seen in college sports that's close to how BYU is from a we lean into our faith. We lean into who we are. There's a pregame prayer. There were videos uh, through during timeout breaks of all the Baylor players saying what their faith means to them. Very unique. And I just I think that there's a lot of you know synergy between BYU and Baylor. And again, I, I'm calling it the friendliest rivalry in the Big Twelve because it just really feels both these programs and and departments just truly respect the heck out of each other. But The officiating was hard to respect because I thought that was a mess. And like Mark Pope, when that, what I thought was a jump ball, and I'll still call it that, I thought clearly going to be a jump ball. So I'm a little, I'm right behind the hoop uh, that was in front of the Baylor bench and the media section. And it was very cool media amenities too. You would have loved it with the, there was plug-ins, there were outlets for really any of your phone, USB-Cs, like high-end stuff. It, it was great. And it was all like embedded into your media seat. There was an area for a backpack. I know we're getting deep into the weeds here, but for our like media amenities at the Marriott Center, it's like tight. It's squished in. There's like a folded table. It's like, a folding <laughs> table, man. Nothing can tumble at any moment. I know. I'm like always worried if I like lean into this table too much, it's going down on the season ticket holders in front of us. But uh, so I got a pretty good vantage point of that bottle deal, and I watched it and, and saw Mark Pope just in, in you when he thumped the the scores table. You could hear it because it was a moment where I think everyone was just confused in the building that they called a foul on a on a on a player, and they were trying to gather their thoughts. Who was the Baylor player, BYU player? And then they see Mark Pope, and it's a quiet gym, and he just, boom, and you see that water burst. And I was like, whoa, he really went there. But at the same time, I know that, you know, he didn't say anything at all. Like, he didn't, like, let out any sort of audio. It was just a quiet thump. And I don't know, like, did I, I was maybe unsure, does that warrant uh, – technical just him hitting the scores table I mean it was it was a moment of lashing out sure he was clearly frustrated but I 
I mean, he didn't che- he, he he didn't chew out the refs. He just kind of turned around and then hit that scores table. I, di- I didn't realize that could be grounds for a technical. I don't I don't know if he does that without the water bottle. Does that get a T? I don't I don't know. I tweeted it was disgusting by Big Twelve officiating. That might have been a bit too harsh, but you can't call a technical when someone is frustrated unless they do something. And like if he had thrown the water bottle yeah. into the stands, okay, that's a bit too far. If he had ran under the court and screamed in the official's face, that's unprofessional. That's going too far. But to in a moment of frustration, because BYU was still in that game. Yep. Down Hall makes the three. They're down five. If you get the jump ball, which was in BOU's favor, you go down and score and make it a single possession game. You're right back in the game with, what, 30, 40 seconds left, something like that. So I thought that was ridiculous because that technical foul ended the game. They go down, make a free throw. They get the ball. They make some more free throws. It's three possession game. It's all said and done. The officiating has not gone BYU's way yet, and it's – I can't believe we're having this discussion, and this is what's so frustrating about basketball at all levels. Why in basketball, Mitch, does it feel like the, the officials have a bigger impact than every other sport? Like in football, sure, there's a moment here where they miss a PI call or and then it's magnified, but you don't feel like throughout the whole game it's just blatantly horrible. Where in basketball, in both of these Big 12 games, BYU has committed significantly more fouls They've been to the free throw line a lot less. And I just don't believe in basketball that games are that, the disparity is that wide when it comes to the amount of fouls you commit. I just I just want equality when it comes to officiating. And look, I'm not saying BYU lost those games because the officials, they had plenty of self-inflicted wounds that hurt them more than the officiating. But man, that technical foul was just a, a magnifying glass on BYU has not received the benefit of the doubt in these first two games, and I hope later today that it's just equal. Similar number of free throws, similar number of fouls. Let the players decide this thing on the court. I'm with you. I mean, Baylor had 28 free throws. BYU had only 14 attempts. I mean, that that's kind of the ball game right there in, in a way. If you have BYU getting 28 free throw attempts, I like their odds of – Closing that gap. I know BYU's not the best free throw shooting team, and they got to capitalize when they get their chances, but it was definitely double digits if they have 14 more free throws, Mitch. No question. I mean, it was a a staggering difference, and you could feel it too. I I think that, you know, I I thought back honestly to the commentary. So there was an official, the head of officiating in the Big 12 spoke to the media at Big 12 Basketball Media Day. And I just remember I went back to my notes of what that individual said at that media day because just the, I knew the officiating was going to be a hot topic this week after what transpired at Baylor. And, you know, it's clearly a different style in the Big 12. Like that head official back in October at Big 12 media day just straight up said, you're going to never see a charge basically called in this league. And really, it, there's never charges called in this conference through two games, we haven't seen really any charges called. Uh, it is a physical brand of basketball, but it does seem like it's it's almost like the, this league doesn't understand how BYU plays, and there's almost like a feeling out process right now, whereas maybe Cincinnati's style of play was better built for BYU. I don't know, but very curious to see how the whistle plays out today against UCF because – I, I do think it's almost like a feeling out process where you got to kind of get a sense of how these officials are going to call things and the best team to adjust on the fly 
Uh, it might be the one that ultimately wins the game. And to your point, it's it's unfortunate that's even a thing because officials just sadly have a huge role when it comes to these basketball games. And today's basketball game is BYU and UCF, 2 p.m. tip. Extended pregame starts with Greg Rebell and Mark Durant here in Orlando, 1 p.m. between the Cougars and the Knights. Did you know, Matt, first time since 1999 that BYU's playing a true road game in the Sunshine State. BYU, when they defeated Florida International uh, last time they had a true road game in the state of Florida. So it's not often that the Cougs are going to Florida. Now it's a conference tilt against the Knights. And let's get into our three-pointer here on the show. We'll start things off with a key stat. What do you got? BYU is only committing 10.6 turnovers per game, Mitch. They have to stay around that number if they're going to start winning Big 12 conference games. They've been way above that in the losses against Cincinnati and Baylor. Spencer Johnson earlier in the week said, these turnovers are on us. Like, there's just little things we have to fix. Not stepping out of bounds, not making bad passes. We have to correct that. That is a correctable thing. But if BYU wants to start winning games, man, they got to get back to those turnover numbers we saw in non-conference play. I'm staying along those same lines. I'm going with the assist-to-turnover ratio. Despite the enhanced or heightened number of turnovers in Big 12 play, BYU still leads the nation in assist-to-turnover ratio. 2.04 is BYU's assist-to-turnover rate. That's number one nationally in the country. So, yeah, keep those turnovers low. BYU's going to have a chance to win this game. Players to watch for me, Mitch. Trevin Nell is on a heater right now. My goodness, I cannot believe how well he's been playing. Listen to these stats. He's at double-figure scoring in five straight games, and if you take out that dud against Denver, he's at double-figure scoring in nine of his last ten games. He's shooting over 50% from three in five consecutive games. He's made at least three three-pointers in five consecutive games. So I want to see how this dude continues this great stretch of play. And if I'm Dallin Hall and if it's Jackson Robinson coming in at point guard for a little bit, find this guy the ball. When I see that he's only taken eight three-point attempts against Baylor, excuse me, five. He took eight field goal attempts for the game. Only five three-point attempts from three against Baylor. That feels like a missed opportunity. This dude is playing great basketball. I want to see him putting up. 10 three-point shots a game until he goes cold because he is ice. Uh, he's not ice cold. He's red hot right now. Trevanell, man, he's playing good basketball. Love that poll. It was fun to see how much of a focus Baylor made defending Trevanell in their, their scout and seeing it on the court. I know it was probably tough for the fans at home to see and like yourself because that camera view was horrific. <laughs> Woo, it was, was so high at Baylor. But uh, to kind of see the on-court communication where Baylor was truly – always communicating to identify 21 because that guy is a bucket as of late. I'm going to go with Foose, Triore. I just I love the minutes that Foose gave to BYU off the bench. Even Scott Drew in the post game on Tuesday said 45 was a real difference maker. And BYU, you know, an underrated thing is that they kept uh, Missy, the, the heralded freshman for Baylor, seven-footer, to zero points. And Foose was an impactful eight minutes in that game defensively and on the offensive end. I'm hoping to see a big leap for Foose again today to where we're, we're like, okay, Foose is back to normal, no doubt about it. He's a double-double because they need that from him. His presence 
and ability to just give BYU a threat in the post. That was sorely lacking against Cincinnati. They didn't have any sort of post play that was any threat to Cincy, but having that presence with Foos emerge against Baylor opened things up for their offense, so that's going to be a big player to watch to, for me today for BYU. I like that pull, Mitch. It was encouraging to hear him talk with the media and Coach Pope earlier in the week before they flew out to Florida, and boy, did they escape by the skin of their teeth, man. I, you're in Florida, BYU's in Florida, and the rest of us back here in Utah, we're suffering, man. It's, <laughs> it's brutal out here. I wish I was in Florida. Anyways, uh, that's beside the point. Uh, Foosh, no setbacks, feeling great. That's an encouraging sign going forward for BYU. Bold prediction time. Here's my bold prediction, Mitch. BYU out-rebounds UCF, another critical statistical category that has to go in favor of the Cougars. Cleaning up the glass against a lengthy UCF team. I like BOU to out-rebound them. I'll continue with the turnover theme. BYU stays under five turnovers. I think they'll have a... a that a, is bold, Mitch. That is bold. So I'm going to go with under five. And if they do that, I feel pretty confident they'll win this game. All right. Let's take the break here. We'll wrap things up on the other side. Give you our score predictions for BYU and UCF. Coming your way in just a little over an hour. Stay with us here on KSL News Radio. Welcome back in Cougar Sports Saturday on a BYU basketball game day coming to you from Orlando, Florida. Mitch Harper, Matt Biamonte with you. The Cougs getting ready to take on the Knights. 2 p.m. tip, a little over an hour here in Orlando as BYU has a Big 12 clash. Another one, just another day in the Big 12 and another quad one opportunity for BYU here on the road. Matt, as we wrap up this show, before we turn it over to Greg Grubel and Mark Durant, let's get to some score predictions. You know what? I'm, I'll start first and and then give you the, the floor to, to close it out for the final pick. I think BYU is going to win this game. I, I was really encouraged by what I saw from BYU at Baylor. And look, UCF, the buzz down here, I've been kind of keeping tabs of how things are media-wise in Orlando. People are talking about UCF basketball, which I, I wasn't expecting at all because that win over Kansas warrants some headlines. But I think UCF's in a little bit of a you know hangover mode because they can't let go of that win over number three, Kansas. And how do you turn the page now to another tough game? BYU's no Kansas, but they're no slouch. I think BYU gets it done. Cougs 81, UCF. 79. I think it's going to be an entertaining game, but BYU finds a way to make it happen. Wow. Interesting pick there from Mitch getting their first conference win. Have not been down to the suns, sunshine. Man, why can't I say sunshine, Mitch? Jeez. Sun. Oh, I, the reason I can't say it is because we don't have any in Utah. <laughs> we're freezing our butts off. We have forgotten the word as we're in the, in the depths of winter. Can this BYU team crawl out? of the uh, a freezing cold start shooting in Big 12 play, I think they can, Mitch. I'm with you. I like BYU to get the win. I got 78-74. It's going to be close. I don't think any of these road games, I don't think BYU goes to a road venue in the Big 12 and just blows somebody out. But the encouraging thing from the Baylor game is that they led that game for a lot of it, and they were right there for most of it. And what happened at the end of that game is the same thing that happened at the end of the Cincinnati game, which is not making shots, not taking care of the basketball, not getting good looks. That might be a little more difficult to come by against some of these Big 12 teams, but you can take care of the ball, and I think you can find a way to score points late in games. That's been the emphasis this week for this for this BOU team, is just how do we correct 
these little issues that are affecting games. It's not like they're just getting run off the floor. They've been in both of these games. It's just these little things that come back to haunt them. Can those be corrected? I think they can. I like the leadership of this team. I like the experience of this team. I think BYU gets a big win. And and look, credit to UCF for beating Kansas. You beat a UCF team on the road, I think most people look at that as a really nice win, and it sets you up for a big home game next week against Iowa State. BYU getting the win, but it's going to be a close one, Mitch. It's been 371 days since BYU last won a true road game. Not counting neutral site, a true road game in someone's building. 371 days last happened January 7th, 2023 at San Diego. That's when they defeated the Torero 68-48. They've lost seven in a row since, and BYU has got to find a way to come away with road victories. If you want to be in the upper tier of this league, and I don't think anyone, any Cougar fan listening is expecting that, but after that amazing non-conference start, you can't lose games to teams like UCF. And I'm not disparaging UCF. That's a good basketball team. I mean, you're going to see the length, the size of the Knights today. They are big. Even, even Mark Pope told you, I mean, it is a long team when you watch them on TV, and that stood out for sure. But... If BYU, the metrics, everything that went into that ranking, those lofty rankings that they got in the preseason, you got to win today. If you truly are that team that was tearing it up in the non-conference, this is a must-win today. And they're all huge, but I, I just feel like today is you got to have that breakthrough because if you run the risk, Matt, if BYU loses today, it's going to be, well, when are you getting that first win? And then it's Iowa State who took down Houston. Then it's Texas Tech, one of the toughest venues in the Big 12. There's no nights off in this league, so big one today between BYU and UCF. All right, Mitch. Before we let you go, how's the weather, man? Are you are you are you just loving it? Is this going to translate to BYU just a better a better <laughs> vibe because of that sunshine weather? Well, you know, on uh, we we didn't get much sunshine on Friday. It's been kind of cloudy, but you know, it's 65. It's been oh pretty. my goodness. <laughs> People out here in Florida are saying, oh, it's cold. Get your hoodie and pants on. I'm like, I'm shorts, T-shirt. <laughs> I tell them, like, you don't know where I came from. I came from Snowmageddon. <laughs> you just escaped another snow squall, Mitch, just so you know. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't know what that term was until I'm seeing social media, and I'm, like, following Debbie Dujanovic, and I'm saying, what is the snow squall? But now I know. Translation, H-E double hockey sticks for those of you living in it. That's what it is. <laughs> Greg Rubel and Mark Durant taking it over from here. BYU and UCF right here on KSL.